Good morning once again, everyone. It's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, children, if you're prepared to go down the hall, I think Miss Laura's going down there with you this morning. I got some echoes going on with my microphone. Just a little bit too high, maybe. Romans chapter, really Romans chapter 5 and also in other parts of Romans that we'll be in this morning, uh, chapter 8 maybe, before we get to chapter 5. We've been talking about Christmas and what's at the heart of Christmas and we've talked about joy and we've talked about peace. We've talked about uh, all the things that come around the birth of our Savior. Today I want to talk about hope. And I want to talk about what it means to us and maybe just remind us, I think it's a reminder for most everybody, about the hope that we have in Christ and what a, what a, what a blessing the hope that we have is because we don't really deserve it at all and we desperately need it if you think about it. So uh, as you're looking in your book there, your Bible uh, or on your app or whatever way you look at the scripture, uh, Romans chapter 5 and chapter 8, and then there'll be a few other places along the way. We use the word nativity every Christmas. Everybody understands what, if we say nativity, we, we understand it's a representation of the birth of Christ in the manger or a picture of, or it's, it's called the nativity. And the original or the Latin word that means, uh, na- that, that, that nativity means, or the word in Latin meaning nativity is to be born is what that refers to so if we think about what happened on christmas morning or the day that jesus was born people think of it as a special thing a special moment an event in 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 the course of history that really changed the world and really is something that even today we celebrate the birth of jesus i hope that's what christmas still means to most of you if not all of you and I think that uh, sometimes people in the world who are away from God or rejecting God, they want Christmas to be about something other than the birth of Jesus. And I, I really think that maybe even there's some people who will acknowledge that it's the birth of Jesus, but not really either understand or accept that it, it's more than just the birth of a baby, the baby Jesus. Because Jesus himself is not just a man. He's not just one who was born to be great and then died on christmas day it's not about who was born but also what was born what was given and i submit the word hope to you that was born hope was given on that day it was something that people had been waiting for for well since adam and eve were removed from the garden Right, because God said He would. He promised that He would make things right. He said, "Sin has entered your hearts. I will make it right. Now get out." That's that's how it happened. And so they got out, and now they're waiting. And prophecy after prophecy, word of God after word of God that came into their life, all throughout the the lives of the Israelites, and even uh, on into what we read in the New Testament, people are waiting for the coming Messiah. They're waiting for the promise. They're just waiting. Think about how many years, how many ages, how many generations existed, came and gone throughout the time that God promised to fix the problem of sin and the time that Jesus was born. That's a long time, y'all. That's way longer than any of us in this room have patience for, to be honest with you. And I'm saying that because 
Think about the things that we wait on in our lives that we're eager for, maybe. Or maybe even the things that we realize that we really need in our life to live every day, to provide for our families, to continue to exist in this world. You think about our responsibilities as human beings toward ourselves and each other, let alone our commitment to God and our relationships with God. We need a lot of things, don't we? There's just a lot of things that we need. And I don't know about y'all, but we struggle with waiting a lot. I know that because we can't even go through a drive-thru without getting impatient. We, we can't even wait on the things that we order online to get to our house without being impatient. We get in traffic and we lose our patience. Think about children on Christmas morning. Really think about the children all month long. Whenever Thanksgiving's over, the kids are already got it in their mind. Christmas is coming. I'm going to start making my list. I'm going to start writing down what I want, how it's going to go. And they can't wait. They can't wait for it to get here. We've we all been through that to the point where on Christmas Eve, we're begging our parents, can we just have one gift? Can we just do one thing? Because we can't wait. The longing is agonizing. The waiting is unbearable at times because we're looking for something great to happen. Think about that in reference to who Jesus is and what came at the birth of Christ and how long the world waited for God's promise to be fulfilled and what a great moment it was when it happened and how many people noticed and how many people didn't. How many people accepted it and how many people rejected it. In Psalm 119, verse 81, if you read some of the Psalms there, Psalms are, are good to read and good to study because there's a lot of emotion involved in the Psalms. And we can really understand uh, the psalmists when they write their thoughts and, and words about God and their relationship with God and their relationship with the world and the things that go on in their life. And in verse 119, chapter 119, verse 81 says, My soul faints with longing for your salvation. But I have put my hope in your word. You see, there's, there's this longing for something that's absolutely needed. There's something that's difficult to wait for. In this particular psalm, the, the, the psalmist is referring to uh, some kind of a deliverance when he says, for your salvation. I'm longing for you to come and save me from the things that were going on in the psalmist's life at the time but also meaning on a spiritual level, we need your salvation. So we're longing for that. And if Jesus hadn't been born and hadn't gone to the cross and you and I were sitting here uh, knowing about the coming of the Messiah that was promised, we also would be longing for that day. Imagine that. Every, every uh, Jewish person of the time was waiting for the, the Messiah. They believed that the word of God, the promise of God, was that there would be a Messiah, that all the prophets talked about it. It was a promise from God, and they depended on it. And they waited for it, and they longed for it. And then when he came, they missed it. They just totally missed it. They didn't see it. The psalmist is asking for deliverance from the enemy, salvation. And he's saying to God, I'm, he said, I have put my hope in your word, your promise that you will do this, that you will bring salvation. 
I think all of us who are believers today can, can say we understand that. I don't, think, I don't see how you can be saved without understanding that because you realize that sin is the enemy. If you know what the Bible says, if you know what the Word of God says, if you know what the problem of sin is, then you realize that sin in our life is the enemy and we long for salvation. We long for God to deal with the enemy of sin in our life. And I don't know about you, but I depend on the Word of God to bring me hope. Because if the Word of God were not true, and it is, if, there was, if it were not absolutely true, then we would be uncertain about our salvation, wouldn't we? We would not be able to have any positive notion in our heart about salvation, about reconciliation with God because of Jesus on the cross. So when Jesus, the man, the baby, was born on that day, not only this baby came, not only just the Son of God, but hope came because it was the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise of God. And you and I can sit here today and we can read this Bible, this word, and we can say to ourselves, on Christmas Day, God began to provide the, the hope that we have to ever be in his presence again which is way more powerful than just some baby born that became the king of Israel. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the fulfillment of the promise that everything would be made right. So there is hope in the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1 explains how in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word is God. This is our hope, the Word of God, the truth of God. When God speaks, we can take it all the way to the bank. No doubt. There's, we, there's no reason to question God's Word because He's always faithful. All the way from when Adam and Eve were excused from the garden because they were disobedient and they chose themselves over God, God's love and His compassion and His forgiveness and patience had already in motion the path for hope and salvation. This is what we celebrate at Christmas time. So he found, the psalmist found hope in the promises he found in the words of the prophets. He found hope in the promises he found in the, uh, the Israelites' stories that they told about God's faithfulness over the years and the ages and the generations. And you and I can read the same words and hear from the same God and find the same hope in his word. And that's how we have a Merry Christmas. Because of God's word. Because Jesus is Lord. Here's something else that we can have assurance of. In Proverbs uh, verse thir chapter 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred, I think this is the NIV version, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So when it uses the word, when the word deferred is used, it's, it's equal to the word delayed. Sidetracked holding back. And it doesn't mean that it's late, like not on time. It just means it's not here when we want it. Right? How many of y'all think that it seems like God took a really long time to bring Jesus into the world? I would say I think he, he took a really long time. How many of y'all think he's taken a really long time for Jesus to come back again? 
I think it's, it's a really, I mean, extreme amount of time, but who am I to question the Lord? Who am I to question his timing? You see, God's always, always on his time, and it's always on time. So when he says hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? Meaning if we can't wait, then our hearts get sick. If we can't wait for God, then we have trouble in our heart. But desire uh, fulfilled is the tree of life. When we see hope fulfilled, when we see God's faithfulness in our lives, it it restores our hope. It it brings life back into our, our hearts again. When, if we lose hope, we get back with the Lord and we trust him. The coming of Jesus was in his perfect timing, wasn't it? The, the, the day Jesus was born was the exact moment that God wanted it to happen. Not a minute, second, or even a millisecond sooner or later than when God said. And when Jesus comes back again, it'll be the same way. You realize it was 400 years from the last prophet until Jesus' birth. It's like one page in our Bible. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, 400 years. 400 years. I'll be, I'll be happy if I get into my 80s, y'all. If I live to be an old man, I, I, I'll be, you know, I just, it would surprise me and I'd be happy if I can still function. Because I think that's a long time. I think it's a long time for anybody. And I know several men that are in their 80s and their 90s, and they're rolling strong, making, making me look pitiful, actually. You know? And I'm not even halfway there. 400 years. You know, 400 years to God is nothing. 1,000 years to God is nothing. And we have to get our minds wrapped around the fact that God's time and our time clocks are not a, at all the same. There's an old guy named Simeon that God made a promise to. He said, you will not die until you see the coming of the Messiah. That was, that was, a, that was the word that God had given to him. And how would you like to have that word from God given to you, that you're not going to leave this world until you actually see the Messiah coming? Now, I've sat back and thought to myself, man, that'd be, to be so... To be so close to God that he would choose me for something special like that would be amazing then there's the other side of my brain that says what I gotta sit here and how long I gotta wait for this <laughs> you know how, how long is this gonna happen and it just year after year and nothing can you imagine every year you're just living your life and you're looking around and it's like I don't see him this year I don't see him this year and then suddenly what happens? That ain't even the right. That ain't even the right one. Let's go back. Suddenly, suddenly Jesus shows up in in his presence. Suddenly, at Luke chapter two, y'all. Suddenly, Jesus shows up with uh, in his presence, and he just jumps up and down for joy. He jumps up and down and don't know how to handle himself because finally, the the, the faithfulness of God shows up in his life, and he's overwhelmed with blessings. I'm going to try to read it to you. Luke chapter 2, verse 29. Here they are. Here we go. Now, okay, so he says, verse 28. Let's go to verse 27. He says, he came in the spirit into the, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the customs of the law, 
Then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, here's his reaction to verse 29. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. That, that was his reaction after he had waited so long to see the, the, the fruits of God's promise, the faithfulness of God. Hope had arrived in his life. Salvation had arrived in his life. It was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was a moment of celebration in this man's heart. He couldn't contain himself. I don't know about y'all, but if I'm walking into, the, into a, a temple or someplace like that and some old dude picks up my kid, I'm, I might be a, a little problem with that. <laughs> but he picked the kid up, started jumping up and down, saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because he had heard from God and he had trusted God and he waited for God. And salvation had come. He could rejoice in the fulfillment of God's promise in his life. See, the birth of Jesus brought salvation. It brought hope. We, don't, we no longer have to wait for it, y'all. That's the blessing that we have on this side of the cross. Like the Israelites, they were waiting for the Messiah to come. Not realizing what a horrific and terrible ordeal that he would submit himself to so that we could have this hope. But we live on this side of the cross and we, live, we can look back and read in the word of God that all of this did happen and it really is true and it really does bring hope. The problem we have is we don't realize we don't have hope until we realize we've sinned against a holy God. And that's the problem in the world today. It's not that God didn't fix the problem, it's people don't realize there is a problem. And therefore, they don't see that they're hopeless. That's where we all were before we got saved. We didn't even know we were hopeless. We were lost in our sin in total darkness and hadn't even realized it. Until someone else who was living in the hope of Christ came into our lives and shined light on the subject. And then suddenly we realized, oh, I don't have any hope. I need something. I'm in trouble. You see, when we start realizing how much we need, that's when God reveals truth in our life that actually brings hope into our life, at least offers it. Not everyone accepts it. Not everyone accepts what Jesus died for. Not, not everyone accepts what he was born to do. See, God promised that he would uh, send his son. God promised that he, all who believed would receive salvation, and God promised his faithfulness. It's all in the word of God. He's also promised his Holy Spirit for those who would believe, those who would repent, those who would confess Christ and be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. He's also promised the return of Jesus into this world to come and get those, of, those who have committed themselves to him and are ready to go and be with the Father for eternity. It's going to happen. Eternal life. This is just the beginning. When you get saved and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's just a little bit of what you have coming. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your life. It's just a little bit. Imagine the way it's going to be when we all leave here. When it's time to go and be with the Lord for eternity and step into the fullness of his holiness. Isn't that great? And if you're like me, and I think we all are the same in this way, there's moments when we just would rather go on and be, be in his holiness. Because this life is sometimes hard. And it's challenging. And without God, we, we have no help. We have no hope. Here it is for the Christian, Romans chapter 8, verse 23 to 25. Here, this is the way it can be explained. And not only this, 
but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body, for if in hope we have been saved, but hope it is, uh, that is seen in not, is not hope, but for who, but for who hopes for what is already see, he already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we eagerly wait for it. Right. Now, everybody, I can see who's in the room. I can see y'all. So I'm not hoping that you'll be here this morning. Because I see you. <laughs> right? Now, maybe at 9 o'clock this morning, I was hoping that all y'all would come to church. And I had confidence that most of you would be here, if not all of you. But I don't have to hope that you would be here because I see you're here. We hope for what we don't see. We hope for what is promised. We hope for what is coming. We hope for what the word of God says is true. The kingdom of God is having its way in this world. The kingdom of God will always have its way. The kingdom of God is for all who will believe. And there's hope for those who believe. That's what Christmas is about. That's, what, that's what's at the heart of Christmas. So finally, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we all say amen. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. He's saying you don't get to be saved without you step into the grace of God by faith. And he says, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. You see, the promise is that whoever would believe, John 3, 16, whoever would believe would receive the gift of salvation, would receive the gift of uh, 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 inheritance with Jesus of the kingdom of God. Everything that comes with the kingdom of God is ours. Right? knowing that we don't deserve it, knowing that it's by God's love and his grace and mercy and, that his, and, and, and his patience with us, setting aside his wrath, he brings Jesus into the world, this baby who grows up to be the man that would die on the cross for our sins, all so that he could be glorified as God, as Father, as Lord and Savior. You see, even my salvation is for God's glory. Even the Spirit of God that lives in all of us is for God's glory. Whatever God does in our lives is for God's glory. Because he's God. That's what it's about. And if we ever get to be about anything other than that, we're, we're kind of off the trail a little bit. So we eagerly wait for the return of our Lord and Savior. And while we do that, we eagerly and, and joyfully work for the kingdom of God, trying to help everyone in the world know about this grace and this forgiveness and the joy and the peace and the hope that all comes from this baby who was born at Christmas. This, this special moment. It was, such a, it was such a special moment that the enemies of God began to turn the world upside down to try to stop him. So not only this baby was born on Christmas Day, but our only hope was born on Christmas Day. And without Christmas Day, 
without the birth of this baby, without God's promise and everything that comes with it, we have nothing to live for. We have no reason to even care about one another, aside from enjoying our time in this world. Right? I mean, because if that's the case, that's all we have, isn't it? Is what's in this world. And that's pretty sad. So you, you come up and get ready, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make this long. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just trying to remind us all, as we get closer and closer to Christmas Day, that, that we have it in our minds and in our hearts what has been afforded to us by God's love. Isn't it great to think about when we're eating our Christmas cookies and our, and our ham and open up Christmas presents and enjoying whatever days off we have from work? Every, the whole world stops, it seems like, at Christmas time for whatever the reason. But it's all because we have hope. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. And without Jesus, we have no hope. Let's stand together and we're going to sing. If you don't have this hope, if you're not not confident about it, you need to come talk to me. You ready? Victory in Jesus. Mm